Hey! Welcome to Bruise Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Brews Culture. Apologize for missing about a week, maybe two depends on when this goes out. Lost my voice there for a week, was a little bit under the weather. Still don't have my full voice back, but good enough to hit the recording booth. <laughs> Today we've got a really good one. It's a game that I scored a perfect 100% on recently on our Big Cultures website. And we're pairing it with a beer that had consistently won best craft beer in the nation for a number of years. So high caliber stuff today. Hope you enjoy the show. I think as far as gaming news goes, the most interesting piece, at least in my perspective, is that Google has officially announced that Stadia will be shutting down. If you don't know what Google Stadia is, don't feel bad because I don't know if enough people did know what it was. And even if they did, it wasn't a great service. So Google Stadia was Google's attempt to create a video game cloud streaming service. And what that means is that everything that you played on Google Stadia, you were streaming. So... I don't know, when it launched, I believe, maybe Assassin's Creed Odyssey? No, it might have been Origins. It's been a while since Google Stadia launched, but let's say you bought whatever Assassin's Creed game was out at the time. You wouldn't have to download it. There was no physical copy. You would just be able to click start, and you would be, you know, right in the game. There also was a Stadia service where you would pay a subscription it was a relatively inexpensive subscription fee but you would have every stadia exclusive game and then they would have a set of games for free every month that would continue to build up your library kind of like playstation plus and xbox games with gold i don't use xbox too much and i have game pass on the xbox so but i believe it's called games with gold so the the problem then, and it's still a problem now, although probably a little less so, is that cloud streaming games is not terrific in our current climate of internet prowess. <laughs> so you need to have a very reliable internet with high speeds and probably very little traffic in your neighborhood to successfully stream a game without any sort of complication. I've used, you know, gigabyte internet. I've plugged in straight to the router. And by router, I mean modem. <laughs> Although I have also plugged in straight to the router. But I've plugged straight in, you know, to the source. I've never had a cloud streaming service of gaming 
where at some point it hasn't pixelated, you know, kind of blown up, lagged severely, crashed. When PlayStation Plus launched their new, you know, tiered service where you can cloud stream PS3 games, the day of launch, or I don't remember when I signed up, but whenever I signed up, which probably in the first week or two, the streaming service seemed okay. I was able to stream Trinity Souls of Zillal, which is a terrific game. Highly recommend if you get a chance, if you like action RPGs, that is. So I streamed that the first day, and it, it seemed good enough. But every time I've streamed since, uh, it says my internet connection is not great, any sort of no, any number of, of issues. But Google Stadia had the same issues plaguing it. They did have a really nice controller. I'll give them that. It was it was bit too expensive but it was very comfortable hopefully they jailbreak it or unlock it rather so that you can use it in other platforms but yeah google's google's shutting down stadia which is a shame because well it's i mean let me let me rephrase that i was never a big fan of it i don't know why i'm saying it's a shame i'm sure somebody in fact i know somebody somewhere likes it but i had made a comment on twitter years ago that google stadia was trash the one person who used Google Stadia saw that and said I would regret not getting in on ground level because it was such a great program. So I conversed with him because I'm not a maniac. Twitter's full of maniacs. But we had we actually had a, a decent conversation. I tested out the service and I did not like it still. Uh, outside of the controller, I... I believe so when you sign up when you originally signed up you got a free game and i picked the division it was a bad experience the division did not play well every game that i tried on it did not play well i think perhaps the best experience was playing panzer dragoon on my phone which that was kind of nice you play stadia on a phone so they're done allegedly they'll be refunding people money if they bought the controller and they bought perhaps subscribe to the service. So that'll be nice if I, you know, get the 75 bucks back for the controller or 80 bucks back for the controller. But I think in this scenario, outside of the fact that the technology just isn't there yet for enough people, it might be there for somebody. Somebody might've had a great experience with Google Stadia or Xbox Cloud Gaming or even PlayStation Plus Cloud Gaming or Luna, Amazon Luna. They have their own service too. But in the grand scheme of things, we're not there yet, and I don't know when we will be. I know technology advances really quickly, but streaming video games on the internet seems to have stagnated because this has been years, and it's not not great. Now, with that said, you know, bravo to Google for trying it, but they they definitely fell into the Sony scenario where you have this great early product, but it, it just doesn't work out for you. You know, Sony with smartphones. I think Sony technically had the first smartphone. In fact, when Apple sued Samsung, they they used Sony's patent because Sony had the original smartphone patent in their in their court case. Stadia's dead or dying, <laughs> will be dead. And uh, yeah, it's a shame, but hopefully hopefully video game companies, particularly Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo realize that I think, and you guys can correct me, let, let, let me know your thoughts on this, but 
the majority of gamers want to continue to have physical gaming. We want disk drives on our consoles. We want to be able to display our games on shelves. You know, if you're if you're concerned about pollution and, and the, the amount of plastic, you know, figure out ways to either use less plastic or use recycled materials. I don't know. Nintendo cut their the size of their cases down. Now, granted, Nintendo uses cartridges for their games, so they were able to cut it down. The Vita had cartridges as well. But figure something out you know i know we cut out manuals so you're you're saving weight for shipping and, and all that sort of stuff but there's got to be something if that's what you're concerned about there, there has to be some sort of solution but i think i think gamers have continued to speak i mean it's the, it's the reason why companies like limited run games are so successful because they take digital only games and put them on physical copies people love it People eat it up. And when they're limited, the prices skyrocket. You know, we just listed on our store a copy of the Grandia collection on Switch from Limited Run Games. It was, I don't know, maybe a $50 maximum game. And it's, you know, selling potentially for 100 bucks, close to 100 bucks. So people love it. People want it. Keep keep doing it, especially because cloud gaming is is not anywhere near <laughs> where it needs to be. I think you'll you'll find that you'll lose customers. But hey, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So today, on that on that note, today we've got a really great beer from Bells called Two-Hearted Ale. And it is an American IPA. And on the can it says it is a perfectly balanced American IPA brewed with 100% centennial hops and bursting with aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit. And there's not much more to say about Two Hearted Ale than that little blurb. It's if you like Centennial Hops, you're gonna like this beer. <laughs> if you don't like Centennial Hops, you might not like it. But it is a beer that has stood the test of time. It is, you know, for I I want to say two three years in a row, it won the best beer in America from the Brewers Association. It unseated, I believe, believe it was a beer that unseated Three Floyd Zombie Dust, which, in my opinion, I, I'm still a, a bigger fan of Zombie Dust, but both beers are terrific. And Bell's is located in Michigan. They just were purchased, too, so they will be distributed more widely soon. But yeah, the Two Hearted Ale is really, it's just really, a, it's a great beer. I don't know, you know, what else do you, what else do you say about a beer that is consistently great? We'll say stuff. Don't worry. Now on Beer Advocate, because we like to to give you an idea of what the consensus is on beers from, you know, casual beer drinkers, holds a 95. That's a world-class rating, and deservedly so. Even the people who rank it at like a four out of five stars all call it a delicious beer. But it pours like a hazy amber, you know, with those pine notes this this beer that this particular can that I have here today unfortunately is a little bit old so I'm not really getting the grapefruit sense the grapefruit aroma but flavor wise I mean it's it's hops if you love hops like I do this is really a good beer it's a little a little rough on the tongue but it's a really smooth drink and if you haven't had bells too hearted definitely recommend giving it a try there's there's something about there's a comfort in this beer that even if you're new 
to craft beer, you probably can sit down with a two-hearted and just enjoy your afternoon, you know? It's it's really just a quality beer. If you're a fan of American IPAs or just IPAs in general, you like hops, you like Centennial hops, or you just like master craft brewing, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale is, you know, it's it's right up there with with the best of the best, you know, you could argue that it is a perfect American IPA. I'm not going to say it's a perfect American IPA. I don't know if I have a perfect beer, but you could certainly argue it. If, if it's the best beer in the nation for a few years, I mean, in theory, that's a hundred percent, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. It's a seven percenter, which I think I said already, not terribly bitter, amber color, and this one was, again, a little bit old, but it had a nice, nice head to it as I poured it. And it's just really an overall great beer, craft beer experience. So matching something to Bell's Two-Hearted Ale was either going to be extremely easy <laughs> or I had to find something that would be equally impressive. And for me, it just so happened to line up with the launch of The Legend of Heroes, Trails from Zero. And this is only the third game in my many years of, of reviewing games that I've given a perfect score. And it wasn't, it wasn't, to be fair, it wasn't like a perfect 100% across the board. I did knock it down a notch for not having English voice acting. But it, it's just all around a great experience. So... For those of you unfamiliar, The Legend of Heroes, its current iteration, was actually is actually run by someone who was originally a fan. When he joined the project, kind of took took it under his wing and they've they've essentially created the longest running narrative in gaming history. I believe I'm correct. Starting with the Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky. There were three Trails in the Sky games, and they set up kind of the opening act of this series. And maybe we'll get into these. Maybe we'll do, you know, a Legend of Heroes saga. Now, there were there were three PSP games and two Super Nintendo games that never came out in America, so Super Famicom games, before Trails in the Sky that were independent of this current saga. So Trails in the Sky launched on the PSP and had two other, two sequels, two direct sequels that followed Joshua and Estelle Bright, two bracers, which I guess we can get into all this conversation later. Now, the second and third part never came out on PSP in America, but did eventually release on the PC. Now, flash forward to... Um, 2012, 2013, where XSEED published The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, the first one for the PS Vita and the PS3. Trails of Cold Steel was a game that I instantly fell in love with and absolutely enjoyed from the first minute to the 80th hour <laughs> and really set such a strong tone for the continuation of the story, which at the time when that came out, I didn't even realize it was part of the story. 
because I'm dumb. But Trails of Cold Steel picked up a new chapter of the story following Reen Schwarzer and his his class seven, you know, partners as they went through the Thor's Academy and, and a civil war that followed and, and everything that follows after that. There are four entries into the Trails of Cold Steel saga. Now, between that time, between Trails in the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel, in Japan, Trails from Zero, and really the Zero saga that we never got, the, the Crossbell arc, never came west. It never came to America. I don't, you know, I'm sad that it didn't, but at the same time, kind of glad because we probably got the uh, the best possible version now. So, in between... Trails in the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel is the Zero Saga. And that features Lloyd Bannings, Ellie McDowell, Teal Plato, and Randy Orlando as rookie recruits into the Crossbell Police Department's special support section. The SSS, as they're called, is basically tasked with bringing a positive image to the Crossbell Police Department, which doesn't have a great image to the people of Crossbell. Now, there are these these people called Bracers, and the Bracer Guild is kind of like independent independent contractors, I suppose, who uh, you know are trusted by the people of the city, all around the world, essentially, but trusted by the people of the city. If somebody has a problem, they'll go to the Bracer Guild before they go to the police. So the SSS is is put in place to um, try to win back some positivity for the police department. Much like its predecessors and successors, the Trails from Zero features such a strong cast of characters from everywhere from the, your main characters. Lloyd is a really interesting character whose brother was killed in action as a police officer when he was young and he, he strives to be like his brother Two minor characters. You know, there's a merchant who's, who's, well, I guess I don't want to say, I don't want to share it because it's, it's a spoiler, but we'll just say even the minor characters, like the ones you wouldn't think twice about, are so adeptly developed that they feel real and they're people that you can care about, which is absolutely wild when you think about it. Like how much detail is added into this world building to give even seemingly minor characters a life, you know? So basically there's a lot of a lot of intrigue between these two rival mafia organizations in Crossbell. There's a new one trying to you know knock into town and knock out the the old <laughs> mafia boss I suppose. And that's kind of the guise of the first few chapters of of this game and and much like the other games it starts off very slow and innocent i suppose but what you realize very quickly is that there are so many layers to these stories that are just so intriguing but you know on the surface level you might have this this very simple you're members of the police you're helping the public you know where is this all kind of going but it all comes together and it always comes together <laughs> like these games 
are they don't they don't care how much time they need to spend in order to craft a great story and and trails from zero is a great story now there's some crazy twists and turns throughout the saga that I won't ruin for you because it's very fresh. And and I mean, it's been around for, you know, a decade or so. In America, it's very fresh. So there there are probably a number of people who haven't played it or are still playing it because they're long games. But what I really found interesting is so after um Cold Steel 2, so with Trails of Cold Steel 3, America got the right to publish The Legend of Heroes heroes and east as well they got the rights to publish a bunch of falcom games and and such so for trails from zero there was a fan produced translation from a group called geofront and i'll take a moment to say that i am very ashamed to say that one of the members of geofront contacted me years ago like shortly after I purchased Bitcultures to tell me that they were working on this translation of Trails from Zero. And, you know, I was still relatively fresh to the Trails or the Legend of Heroes saga, but I had loved Trails of Cold Steel and had published a review on it. I think I gave it like a 92%. And they must have seen that review. So they reached out to me and said, hey, I think you might really enjoy this project. We can get you a code. And I just ignored it because I thought it was a scam. But NIS America hired Geofront because they did such a phenomenal job translating the game that they wanted them to work on the localization team to translate, you know, this copy officially. And they did such a good job. I feel like many localization teams take such a formal approach to translating and localizing games that Geofront just created such natural, flowing dialogue that really kicks the pants off of other localization efforts that I've seen for other games. Now, there's still a lot of, you know, cheesy dialogue and and some, you know, soap opera-esque moments that's that's just what the series is but some of the dialogue from geofront is just so good and they're not afraid to you know to to they don't pull any punches you know randy in particular is a very brash crude crude is the word i'm looking for very crude individual and his dialogue reflects it. His behavior reflects it. He's a very likable character. You know, he has his vices, but but his his dialogue is so strong, particularly Randy, but so good that it really makes the whole experience just that much better. The, the This, as I wrote in my review, this is a game, a remaster. This is how companies need to remaster games when they're when they're launching them because everything from visuals to gameplay localization this is immaculate the only issue that i had with this game is that they had so many phenomenal voice actors work on trails in the sky and trails of cold steel and every main character and even some of the minor characters are already voiced in Cold Steel. So they had a, a 
cast of characters, a cast of actors to voice all the important characters, and they chose not to. Probably saved some money, probably saved a lot of time, but it, it did disappoint me. Because you have run-ins with the characters from Trails in the Sky. Joshua Bright is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch, who's just a phenomenal voice actor and and, and vocalist. And that it's just a shame when you miss out on hearing them, you know? I really like voice actors. If I had the capabilities, I, that would that would always be a job that I would love to do. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. And overall, the game is still phenomenal. I mean, the, the, the turn-based, you can see the evolution of combat from Trails in the Sky to Trails of Cold Steel. And it's just, it's just, it's all around a fantastic experience. And I would highly recommend anybody who loves JRPGs or RPGs in general, as long as you're cool with the turn-based scenarios, to give this a shot. And the best part of The Legend of Heroes is that it doesn't matter if you start with Trails in the Sky or you start with Trails from Zero or even if you start with Trails of Cold Steel. You can start at any one of those, the, the first game preferably. Any of those first games and any of those uh, sagas, you know, chapters, you're going to be totally fine with the story because they're just, they're they're built to be contained but also fit the larger picture and it's really such a great story from trails in the sky to trails of cold steel over a decade in the making and there's more coming out trails of cold steel 4 came out a few years ago it was a it was a nice little conclusion to that that chapter and there will be more following it so it's just it's just really cool and as america currently has trails to azure lined up and well, I think Boundless Trails is, is the other game currently lined up for, for launch soon. So they will continuously bridge the gap between Cold, yeah, Cold Steel and, and Trails in the Sky. It's just it's just a special series. If you're a fan of you know similar games, I would highly recommend, given the Legend of Heroes, a shot. Start where you like. I'd probably start with Trails in the Sky. Just because of, you know, I like to go in the linear fashion, but it's just, it's just good. It's good. I don't know what else to say. So much like it's beer, highly appreciated by fans. Just a terrific experience. The beer is absolutely crushable and comforting and just all around a great beer. So too is Trails from Zero. It's it's a phenomenal experience. I I loved every second of it. And it is it is one of the best games that I have played in a very, very long time. So highly recommend both of them. Two arguably perfect experiences, but definitely worth your time on both of them. So thank you everybody for hanging with us today. Apologize again for for missing a, a, a week or two. My voice is is really taking its good old time coming back, but but I love doing this podcast, and I hope everybody enjoys listening to it. And we'll see you again very soon. Have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful week, and you know, drink responsibly.